How does a college football player find the necessary time to prepare for medical school? How do you prioritize in your life? What were the reactions of teammates and coaches, and how did that play a vital role in the path to becoming a physician? And finally, what is the 2015 football season win prediction by Dr. Chan and a former BYU player for BYU? Today on Talking Admissions and Med Student Life, I interview Houston, a former BYU offensive lineman and first-year medical student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. So welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. i got a great guest today. I've got Houston. Good to be here. Yeah, glad to see you come up. And so starting school next week? Yep, one week. All right. So um, let's just start at the beginning. How did you be, decide to become a doctor? Um, I, I feel like I'm kind of a non-traditional student in that I didn't want to become a physician um, at the beginning of my academic career. Um, I wanted to go into uh, to become a lawyer, actually, and um, I went to my undergrad was at BYU, and they had a mentoring program there where we talked to um, people from different professions, and I had the opportunity to talk to several lawyers, and it became quick became apparent very quickly that it wasn't a good fit. Um, I love to argue, mm-hmm. and I love that um, the logic and the um, the reasoning behind reasons and, and sentences and words and phrases. But I felt like it would um, come home with me. I felt like it would affect me. So I started to look, and I always got, had good grades, and so I knew I wanted to go um, and achieve in a graduate school and be successful. And so I looked around and um, really started to branch out and reach out to family, friends, and physicians, and uh, professors, and looked at my classes where I had done well and found that um, really medicine would be a perfect fit of uh, both a lifelong process of learning, mm-hmm. um, which I really enjoy, and also um, I really enjoy where the principles of science meet um, application into people's lives. So an example of that would be exercise physiology. Mm-hmm. That class was awesome and I loved the class, but more fun to me, more exciting to me is trying to explain those principles to somebody else that can help their lives. So kind of that transition is what made me realize that this is where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Like Houston, I love that because not too many people know this. I too was pre-law at one point in time. And I, I, I did debate in high school. Were you on the debate team in high school? I wasn't. Okay. I, I just loved arguing with people. And, you know, and then I went on my mission, and I, I just loved helping people. And I'm not saying lawyers can't help people, but um, it was just much more of a direct way uh, through medicine. And so I switched. So I had to eat a lot of credit because all those political science classes, those political theory, I have all these books still at home. You know, they don't really count towards medicine. So, but yeah, I, I like what you said. Like, yeah, you get you get to that intersection of helping people. That's, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Yeah. So, um, and so during this time, I know you've been pretty busy. Right. You have you. So what 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 what's what's kind of, what was kind of one of your main activities through my uh, undergrad undergrad? Yeah. So I was I uh, played football for Brigham Young University on scholarship. And okay. so that takes up a ton of time. Mm-hmm. It was very demanding. And some of the great things that came with that that I didn't anticipate coming out of high school were um, how many service opportunities and unique opportunities there were uh, just by being part of the team. Mm-hmm. And so um, as part of being. A team member, we, we participated in a lot of things, a program called Big Brother, a program called Thursday's Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a, a project with Habitat for Humanity. Um, 
we did uh, a lot of uh, programs like Buff Don't Puff mm-hmm. and uh, something called Sports Heroes Day where it was all about getting kids excited about so, so exercise. I want to learn more. Let's break it down. So <laughs> Thursday Heroes, what's that? What's that? Thursday's Hero uh, is a remarkable pro- uh, program. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of It took me a little bit to get the idea. Um, partly because the first time I saw it, you know, you're in two a days, you're in camp, you're, you're hot and sweaty and Mm -hmm. practicing all day long. And they start to introduce these Thursday's heroes and you kind of are like, I don't know what what this is. What's Mm -hmm. the point? But what it is, is a program that, um, in partnership with make a wish foundation, they bring, um, children and families who are affected by a chronic disease. So children and, and people suffering from a chronic disease and their wish, so to speak, is to come out and be a part of the BYU football program for a day. Mm. So they come to lunch. Um, they get to meet with Coach Hall or the head coach at the time. And then they come uh, They come out to practice. So you get to see them before practice. They come to meetings. Sometimes they're in your meetings, mm-hmm. um, group meetings, I mean. They're in the team meeting. Then they go out to practice and they watch practice. They are right there in the drills, not doing the drills, obviously, but... Uh, very much a part of the atmosphere, the excitement of practice, um, fast movements and the, the fast paced practice. And so we do that. But the coolest part to me, um, what touched me the most about this program was at the very end, we give them, we, uh, we give them a, a present, a gift and we give them some jerseys and we give them some hats and some gloves. And, but the coolest part is, um, if you've ever seen a BYU football game, we carry out this big BYU flag before every game. Mm-hmm. And what I think a lot of people don't know about um, the flag, or at least what I didn't know about the flag at the time, is we have every Thursday's hero sign the flag. Mm. And every member of the team signs the flag. And so there's a moment at the end where we have them sign the flag where we basically say, in in honor of your suffering and sacrifice, we want you to know that you're a hero to us, that you keep fighting and you keep going and you keep going and, and keep on keeping on so to speak and so to me that's really symbolic and really powerful so i just i loved this program mm-hmm. and really bought into that okay and so that it sounds like an amazing program houston so is does like all the football team participate or is it kind of volunteer like, like, like how is that set up like, um it's really it's it's there's a uh, i want to say an organization to it that we all follow and then there's kind of some variables okay so the organization is um there's a lunch and uh, they're in team meetings, and then when they come out to practice, everybody's involved. Okay. At the end of practice, everybody shakes their hand. Everybody gives them a hug. Um, some practices we, you know, play catch with them if they if they can. Um, every six months, there's like a Thursday's Hero U- reunion dinner. So in that time, they'll bring out like big bounce houses and slip and slides, and we can play with the kids. And um, the variable part is if if the um, if the Thursday's hero has a specific wish, if they love a certain player, if they want to spend mm. more time with the quarterback, which is which is pretty common, um, then arrangements will be made where they can kind of hang out with them while practice or go to, with them to meetings so that oh, they can kind of see what it's like to, to be in the shoes of, of mm-hmm. that person and to be around them. Okay. That, Houston, that sounds like an amazing program. And is Buff Don't Puff, is that kind of a similar? or what? what tell me about that program. Um, Buff Don't Puff uh, is, is kind of a, a mix. So it's... Um, we have a, um, a service representative that's in charge of just providing service opportunities to football players and getting in touch with the community. And so it's, it wasn't exactly a football, you know, they come to football practice or, or ran through the football program, but because it was the service representative is tied to football and in the football building, it, it was very much connected. 
And basically with that, we would just volunteer, um, go in and tell them that we wanted to be a part of it. And mm-hmm. we would go to elementary schools, um, LDS church firesides, um, scout meetings, uh, stuff like that. And we would, we would talk about drugs and how to avoid them and how to say no. Mm-hmm. And we'd also talk about the benefits of, of staying healthy, of eating right, of exercising and which pumping iron. You gotta, you gotta go Mm -hmm. to the gym. I must say (laughs) Houston, my, 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 my guns, my arms are not as big as yours. So we might might have to have a wrestling match. I'm an arm wrestling match. It would probably beat me. So yeah. (laughs) So, so that was, that was fun. That was, that was a good time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I feel like, um, I felt a connection there because with my experience with football, it's, it's uh, a very competitive sport and, uh, there's a lot of pressure to do everything you can to mm-hmm. be as successful as you can. And so I, I felt like it was important to reach out to people and let them know that you can be successful in sports without um, negative stimulants or drugs that can have um, negative consequences. Okay. Beautiful, Houston. So obviously you're a Division One athlete. You're taking all these pre-med recs. You're doing community service. You're doing all these different type of activities. What advice would you give to people listening out there? Like, how did you pull this off? What are some of the tips that you did? Um, well, first, I'd start out with my very first day of, of undergrad. Um, I had a football player take me around campus. And he showed me the classrooms. And he showed me the library. And he, he walked me around the football building. And, and then he kind of looked over at me. And he, he said, uh, you have football, school, and a social life. Mm-hmm. You have time for two. <laughs> and, and I say that with, you know, with kind of a grin and, and you can balance them all. But, um, for me, it was just, it came down to priorities and I had always done well in school and it was, it was a priority for me to do well in school. And so I made that a priority and there was a lot of, you know, parties, a lot of Friday nights that, that I was busy studying organic chemistry and, mm-hmm. and the classes that are difficult. And, uh, but I made those sacrifices and at the same time, by being involved and going after something that you want, um, you are happier and you find the time to get the things in that you want to get in. Mm-hmm. So to the people out there, I would say if it's your passion and, and you get involved in the things you want to do, the things you're passionate about, and by doing that, uh, things will kind of just sync together and you'll be able to look back on your experience and with a smile almost be like, I don't know how I was involved in that much. When I think about my experience, I really don't feel like I, I was involved in a lot of stuff. I feel like I was busy a lot and I mm-hmm. feel like I was stressed out trying to get everything done that I wanted, but I don't look back and feel like, man, I was running over here to check off this box and trying to get, I, I feel like I was just involved in a lot of great things and I was grateful for that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston, like one of the things the committee loved about your application is that you wrote about how you were in the locker room or outside the locker room in study hall, like a lot of your teammates looked up to you and you tutored them a lot. And, uh, because you were kind of known for your academic strength. Um, how did that, how did that play out? I mean, was that kind of natural at first or did that just kind of build with time? Um, I thought at first, uh, I would say there was actually a little bit of resistance to that. Okay. Um, and I, I thought that, uh, it was normal to have all kinds of GPAs and all, you know, all kinds of people in the locker room. And I, when I first got to BYU, it became quickly apparent that um, having a high GPA and being a, a school guy wasn't the norm and s- sometimes wasn't smiled upon. Mm. Sometimes it, it looked like you weren't buying in 100% to the football program. Or on the, on the reverse side, if you're in school, sometimes they felt like you weren't donating as much time mm-hmm. 
as everybody else because you were at practice or uh, lifting weights or something else. Um, so that was a challenge at first, and I, I kind of just did it um, in the dark, and I didn't really talk about it, and I thought everybody, everybody's school life is kind of personal, and yeah, yeah. really talks about yeah. it. No one really goes around <laughs> saying, hey, this is my GPA. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I had, they, had, they gave out an award my sophomore year um, of the highest GPAs of freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, mm-hmm. and then the highest GPA on the team. And so from my sophomore year on, I had the highest GPA on the team. So it became widely known that I had a high GPA. <laughs> you can't hide point. from that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but I had some cool experiences. You know, the, the athletes have a, a stereotype um, mm. that they're, they, they're not successful in school. And I was surprised at how many people approached me after they found out mm-hmm. that were more like, man, that's cool. Like, you know, you're a good student. And I, didn't, I wouldn't have thought that. And I thought football was your whole life. And although I loved football mm-hmm. and I, I gave it everything I had, I had a lot of respect for the people who do a lot of things outside of any one specific category. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if I answered your question thoroughly No, no, enough, you did a good job. Yeah. At, the, at the end, I would say that first year was, was a little rough and that I, I didn't realize how different it was. But towards the end, um, BYU is always, on the football team, they've always stressed the academics. And so mm-hmm. it became something that was very highly praised and a lot of people looking up to that and asking how can, how did I manage my time and how did I schedule my classes? Because there's a lot of rules with the NCAA that mm-hmm. it, it takes a team to navigate yes. how you're going to take all your classes. Mm-hmm. It was very difficult, but um, I felt like that was special to see uh, as I became an upperclassman and, and had more of an influence on the team, how much more they expressed appreciation and, and even um, admiration that, that – for that, I guess. As this, uh, you know, as your dream to become a doctor became more apparent, so I, I assume more and more people found out. Did the team try to create more opportunities for you, as far as like, you know, oh, like the training staff is kind of doing this really cool thing? I get, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of ways that could have given you more opportunities. You know, like oh, like your one of your buddy's ankles really got messed up. Like you want to kind of talk talk about that, or do you see? Do you see um, what I'm saying? Or did, did, yeah, did you so, know? I'm just because like you know, like the first step is you know you're an excellent student. The next step is you're applying to medical school. So to me, like that, like that's kind of like taking it to almost a whole new level. So I'm just curious how the team reacted. Um, they, there was, there was, there was mixed. I would say mm-hmm. that there's, there was a, a handful and there's always going to be a handful that, uh, I don't want to say hold you back, but mm-hmm. there's, there's going to be a handful that don't agree with you. Not as enthusiastic. Yeah. 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 So they were, they were less enthusiastic about it, but I would say overwhelmingly it was a positive response of, um, really the team members and the administration and coaches okay. being having an attitude of how cool would that be to have a football player achieve that because mm-hmm. it's it's not common okay. to be honest to be yeah. frank um and they were really excited and really supportive and i had a lot of athletic trainers that were who would take time and explain <laughs> things to me and they'd bring out like the skeleton and we'd yeah. talk about stuff and mm-hmm. um they really did a good job but i'd say more than anything more than anything they taught me specifically academically was just a lot of support from everybody that I knew. And I didn't realize at the time how much of an impact that would have, but the people around me really played a big part in, in my life and in this, this, this decision mm-hmm. and this achievement. Excellent. Excellent. So Houston, let's talk about more about football because again, it's very, it's, it's not as common. So what position did you play? Um, I played offensive line okay. and offensive line is unique because when you play offensive line, you play like three positions okay. all the time. All right. So I, I started and played left guard was kind of my position. But the whole time through since my freshman year, I learned and played 
um, in practice a lot and in games I played some center. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to master the center position and learn that. But to hike the football. True. Yeah. Right. Okay. But uh, in in college and especially at BYU, the center orchestrates a lot of things before the snap. Mm. So his job is actually really complex. I like to. I I had a little comparison when I was playing that I'd say it's it's a lot like boxing and playing chess. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to run out there and box somebody and then run over and play speed chess. And it's <laughs> <laughs> I love that because it's, yeah. it's, it's physically demanding and it's challenging. But when you come back to the line, you have about three to six seconds. To read the defense, where the mic is, where the Sam is, um, how the defense is lined up, who you have to block for you, and then the center orchestrates who blocks who, what combo blocks are happening, mm. who does the tight end have. A lot of that stuff happens from the center, and he. They have like a split second, right? Yeah, so you yeah, have to read the defense. A, a second yeah. or two to read the defense, and a second or two to get a call out, mm-hmm. and the ball's being snapped. So it's it's really intellectually challenging, and it's tough, and you're tired, and you're beat up, and yeah. So that was a and you're in pain, yeah. <laughs> so that was challenging, yeah. but it was it was a that was a blast. It was really fun to get to master that position because once you kind of get the hang of it, you realize that on the team, you know, there's only two or three guys, usually only two guys that can that can do that effectively mm-hmm. in a game. So you kind of feel like a, you, that sense of accomplishment of I'm I'm somebody who even if I don't play that position. I play left guard, I felt confident and, and it was an achievement for me that I could switch over and I was confident in playing center. So excellent. So most memorable game. Ooh, <laughs> that's that's really hard actually. Um, for whatever reason, you know, you like it just was a great win for you guys or so or you just you just felt you were on top of everything that you're doing. Or you just did this devastating block that, that just lives on. <laughs> there's, there's actually when you say devastating block, there's, there's a lot of things that come to mind. Where one was actually against Utah. Okay, we could talk about that. I don't yeah. know. Is that is we're, that we're in the school of medicine? We're on upper campus. They're on main That's campus. Out of bounds, you're right? coming to our med school. You're gonna have quasi conflicted loyalties, maybe ten percent of the time. So yeah. So uh, yeah, there's a couple experiences. One of them is. Uh, a couple years ago, I was we were playing up up here at Utah, mm-hmm. and uh, I was playing left guard again, and I pulled. Um, and what does that mean for people? To, uh, pulling means that you basically on the snap of the ball, all the linemen are going forward into the defensive linemen, and their job is basically to push them away from the line of scrimmage, okay. away from the quarterback. Okay. A puller will step back and then run sideways around all the linemen, and then up the field. Towards a linebacker, so it's kind of a fake. End zone. It's kind of it's kind of a fake. Run. Yeah, yeah. usually they'll fake like a inside run right right up the center's gap, and then they'll turn and run sideways and kind of follow that that pulling blocker mm-hmm. is kind of what that's what pull means. So I was pulling and I I ran and I still we memorize like everybody's names and numbers and so I, I'm kind of upset that I can't remember his name off the top of my head but I pulled around to hit the weak side linebacker and I hit him. And it was a beautiful block. Um, I hit him hard enough and just right that he actually fell back onto his back. But I was playing against um, Star, mm-hmm. um, who was a who was a an all star defensive. And I can't say his last name either, but I know who you're talking well, about. Yeah. yeah, he got I drafted. Say, I say it yeah, yeah. Lille, but yeah, okay. I don't know if that's actually how you pronounce it. <laughs> um, but he dove at the running back who was right behind me, mm-hmm. and it just so happened that he missed the running back and ran into me. Mm-hmm. And hit my knees, and, and I went down in a pile of bodies and uh, actually ruptured my Achilles tendon. Okay. So the, that's the sad part of the story. The <laughs> I was about to say, like, like, Houston, you're making me sad. <laughs> the good part of the story is because I got hurt, they replayed it like four times. Mm-hmm. And 
right before I got hurt, I had this awesome block. Mm-hmm. So I was like, at least when they're replaying it on ESPN, <laughs> at least I went out on a good block. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so there's that story. Uh-huh. I would say the most memorable game I've ever played in was when we went down to play Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, there was just a lot of things that happened that I almost left feeling euphoric about it. It was just, an example is when we're getting ready, I had all my pads on and somebody was taping my wrists and I backed up and ran into a police officer and knocked him over. And I turned around and helped him up and I apologized. I said, I'm sorry. And, and he he stepped up to me and said, don't you apologize to me, son. This is your day. <laughs> you're kind of like, whoa. That was a little bit. He was wearing like, because like the police officers wear those big hats uh-huh. down there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So full on Texas accent. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. And so, uh, and then you walk out and there's 104,000 people. And I remember it, it, it took, during warmups, you almost find, catch yourself looking around at everybody just being like, I can't believe that this happens. And you're looking across being like, this is Texas. Like I grew up watching Texas and. So that was really cool, and, and your uh, name is Houston. So <laughs> is that is that after the city, or is um, that a family name? It actually is a is a family thing. My okay. my mom was going to have twins, okay, and so she thought it would be cute to name them Dallas and Houston. So that was kind of the story. She lost she lost the twins, mm. and then she named me after my brother. Well, to be like the matching twin. Okay. So that's kind of how the name came around. But I have to tell you though, the coolest part of that Texas game. So we we actually lost that game. So it kind of hurts me to like say that's mm. one of my favorite memories, but. We're walking out, and this is the this is to me this is the coolest part. We're walking into the locker room. It was a close game. We were ahead most of the game. At the end, they pulled up, um, pulled ahead. I think they beat us by two or three. So it was just it was real close. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking across the field, you know, head down, kind of feeling like we failed. And our half of the stadium, half to quarter, like right where we walk into the locker room, they all stood up and were cheering for us for p- putting on a good game. And it was just. It was just a really unique thing to see that much competition. There's times where they're booing their own team, and they're competitive now. Yes, yeah. But just to see that um, respect for the game and, and appreciation that we we played hard and we gave them a good a good fight, and it just really sticks in my mind as, as an awesome football experience that I'll remember for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's awesome, Houston. Thanks for sharing that. Like before a game starts, do you get pregame jitters? Yes. Okay. Um, so here's my question for you. I love asking. I love this question. I've been thinking about it. What is more anxiety-provoking, running out that tunnel right before a game or getting ready for a medical school interview? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, and what tips would you give someone? Because obviously, you know, you played in a lot of football games, so you had to come up with ways to how to calm those nerves because you, you have to have a job to perform, right? So, yes. Um, it's difficult because I think – I had a lot more practice running down a tunnel. Okay. <laughs> so I, I got a lot more comfortable with okay. that experience. Um, there were times before games where I'd have to actually, I was playing, I played right next to my brother for several years. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was playing left tackle and I was playing left guard. And there was a couple times where we'd, he'd have to take me out of the hotel room and we'd have to take laps around the hotel mm-hmm. just because I was so anxious for the game. Um, so I did have anxiety a little bit, a little bit of nerves. Um, but I think, so first off, the tip would be um, to reach out to people. Um, I find that if I can communicate stress, that I feel it leave my body. I feel I feel alleviated and, and less pressure. So a lot of that came from my brother in football. Um, with the medical school interview, it was my wife. Okay. Um, she was really good at just kind of keeping me calm and walking mm-hmm. me through things. And okay. if I'd 
we'd call it flying at, at 40,000 feet when you're in an, and you're like, I can't control this. And what happens if I fail and mm-hmm. I don't get into med school and I'm living in a van <laughs> down by the river? We call that self-catastrophizing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> down van down by the river. Yes. And I, I found that, you know, to some extent you can, you can control that, but, mm-hmm. um, it really helps to have someone around who can start to tell when you're starting to to help ground you. Yeah. yeah. To bring you back down to okay. ground zero. What's your task? And that's to, to mm-hmm. go to an interview. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so there's that. I would say that the interview was I was really nervous for, and I spent a lot of time preparing. Um, I did a lot of, I did a few mock interviews with my brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a, a couple mock interviews um, with Dr. Kaiser, who's a pre-professional mm-hmm. um, advisor down at BYU, and um, I went through a, a hundred questions that are typically asked in mm-hmm. med school interviews and job interviews, mm-hmm. and I spent a lot of time. Actually, spent some time doing some ethical dilemmas. Mm-hmm. Good, um, good. To see how that would play out. Um, and so it sounds so, like a lot of it's preparation. And yeah, pra- so I'd practice, say a yeah. lot of it is, is preparation and um, doing as much as you can, but also realizing that um, reaching out to people close to you who know you, who can kind of help you keep grounded. Because I think it's common, uh, from my experience, for medical school students to to fly at 40,000 feet. Mm-hmm. I think they start to get ahead of themselves. Um, and I don't know if it's that they're so used to thinking so deeply about things or intellectually, but it's easy for them to start thinking 18 steps ahead. And really, you know, there's just right now and what you can do right now to get ready. And so I would say stay grounded, plan out, you know, make a checklist, what things you need to do to be prepared. Good. And then I would, I would make a plan of when things get tight, when you start feeling that, that pit in your chest or stomach, um, what things make you feel better? Is that talking to people? Is that reading a book? Is that listening to music? Um, taking laps around the stadium. Taking laps around, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that's kind of my advice, but yeah. I, I wanted to coming in here. I wanted to hit on that reaching out to people. Cause I feel like that was a huge part, uh, in my success, I guess. And, and I don't say that I, I truly feel like other people, um, in my life, professors and research mentors and friends and family and counselors and, and I feel like they all had a tremendous influence and supported me and enabled me to do this. So I, I feel like if you've got nothing else, reach out to people around you. And if, you, if you're trying to get into medicine, you're surrounded. If, if you're going to school, you're surrounded by people who have signed up to help you, to teach you. Mm-hmm. So reach out to them. And, and if that's what they want to do with their life, they're going to want to help you succeed. That's just that's who they are. And mm-hmm. so I feel fortunate that, that I have that in my life, but I also feel like a lot of people try to do it on their own, and I think that's wrong. I think mm-hmm. you need people to succeed. Yeah, and I, I, Houston, I agree with you 100% because uh, medicine, sports, it's all a team effort, and no one does it alone. Yeah. And um, physicians rely on so many different team members as well as other physicians. And um, that's why, like, I'm I mean, just remembering your application, that, that theme of um, teamwork, harmony, brotherhood, that all kind of really sh- uh, shine forth. So, yeah, so. I, I feel like there's a lot of, of carryover in that. And mm-hmm. I, that was one of the things that, that made me really excited is in, in to go into medicine is they talk a lot about now the, the healthcare team and, mm-hmm. and, uh, even cases I know of, of physicians who, uh, I've had a couple surgeries cause of football and mm-hmm. I know of, of a physician who, you know, they get on conference calls and they do research and they talk to other physicians about how to tackle certain problems mm-hmm. and, I, to me, it's exciting, and that's what that's what the world is. That's what that's what a career I think is going to be made of, no matter what you get into, is talking to people, uh, teamwork. Um, whether you're dealing with a patient, or whether you're talking to a doctor, or you're talking to a hospital administrator, there's just going to be 
people interactions and you need those relationships and friendships and they need you. So I feel like that's really important just to back up what you said. I yeah. feel like that's, that's an important thing. Awesome. Well, Houston, we're almost out of time. Ready for some fun questions? Okay. All right, here we go. The movie Blindside. <laughs> the greatest movie of all time or just a great movie? What do you think? Uh, it's a great, it's a great, great movie. I don't know. I don't know if I could say it's a great movie. Is it as, as an offensive lineman? Like you know, did that resonate with you? Um, no, you, no. I, like, do you own a message? copy? Is there a copy at yes, home? Yes, okay. I have a copy. <laughs> okay. It didn't res- it didn't resonate as much with me because I feel like when I played, it was a lot about staying calm mm-hmm. and thinking through problems. And I feel like there was some things in that movie that were a lot about emotion and, and stoking the fire. And it was I kind played, of Hollywood. I played worse that yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was jumping up and down and screaming, I had a lot more penalties and a lot more problems. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. All right. Last. Let's, let's do a little football challenge. We'll do a football challenge. Oh no. Okay. So I've got the I've got the I've got the schedule for BYU this next year. We're, let's go through each game. Okay. We'll, we'll get a prediction from each of us um, at the end of the season. If if I'm more right than you, I'll just get to brag about it. If you beat me, I will buy pizza for your class. <laughs> okay, have a pizza party. Oh, man, all right, much pressure. All right, so this, let's, is, this is a recording. This is legit. I know this is legit. This is proof. All right, so we got so the first game: BOU at Nebraska. What do you think? Win or loss? Win. Okay. Uh, Nebraska is a pretty good team. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be a little contrarian here. I'm going to say that's going to be a loss. All right. Okay. Boise State at home. Provo. Houston's mm. pausing for this one. It's going to be close. I'm going to – I don't know. How am I going to face all my friends when I tell them that we're going to lose? Houston, <laughs> you, you can call the perfect season for BYU right here. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what I say, it's a lose-lose. <laughs> um, I'm going to say a win. Okay. So something you might not be aware of, I'm also the assistant dean for Idaho Affairs, and I'll have a lot of political problems if I don't pick Boise State. So I'm, See, I'm, go- okay. I'm going for a loss right there. It's like you feel my pain. Okay. Um, at UCLA. BYU at UCLA. Rose Bowl. What are you thinking? Houston's giving me the nervous eye. The moment of truth. I think we might lose that one. Okay. All right. Um, Again, I'm going to be a contrarian. I think they're going to be so upset after losing the first two. They're going to rally. There's a lot of uh, BYU fans in Southern California. Your strategy is just the opposite of mine, isn't it? (laughs) At Michigan, the big house. I think we'll win. All right. I also agree with you. I think I think Harbaugh's a fantastic coach. This is his first year, though. A lot of growing pains. All right, all right. Connecticut at uh, Provo at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Win, win. I also agree. I don't think Connecticut has a good team this year. I can I can just give more of my opinion out because uh, yeah. Um, East Carolina at uh, at Provo. I'm going to say win, win. I also agree. That's a win. Cincinnati at Provo. I think that's going to be a tough game. The Bearcats. I'm going to say win, though. Yeah, I agree. I think – so usually about this part of the season, BYU kind of hits the stride. All right, at San Jose State. See, that's tough because I actually played against San Jose, and I was really impressed with their D-line. They, they had a good defense, so – Hmm. 
I'm looking at who else we play too to see. Mm-hmm. Well, I, gotta, I have the I list gotta, right I gotta, here on the I table. Pick the losses. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say win. Okay, I agree. I also think it'll be a win. All right, at Missouri, um, Arrowhead Stadium, Kansas City. So more or less, I, I, like theoretically a neutral site, but I don't believe that because that's in Missouri. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say lose that one. Yeah, right. I also agree. I think Missouri is gonna be very tough. Lose. All right, um, Fresno State at home. Win. I agree. I think that'll be a good game. All right, at Utah State, Maverick Stadium up in Logan. I'm going to say win just because I, I can't. I I shouldn't say. Okay. I'm going to refrain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I agree that'll be a win too. All right, so let's add that. So Houston, you're going 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So you think they'll have 10 wins this year? Yeah. 10 and 2, two losses. Yeah. I'm more 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. So I think they'll go 8 and 4. All right. So it is now recorded. Houston, okay. ten and two, BYU football, twenty fifteen season. I think they'll go eight and four. <laughs> All right. Um, this will be interesting how it plays out. Mm-hmm. I will make eye con- I will see you around, and I will make eye contact with you. Um, and we have it on at, record as pizza the season. <laughs> uh, yeah, pizza if you win, um, bragging rights if you lose. All right. Okay. Because <laughs> I do have a lot of friends that went to BYU, and I'm just going to say, hey, you know, I, I did a better <laughs> job picking football games than one of their own players did. Uh, so. It'll be embarrassing if I lose this competition. All right. Well, Houston, we're excited for you. Um, you have some great classmates, and uh, I look forward to, uh, to talking to you again. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.